0: give yourself some grace. That's one of the things, because I am one of those people that when I want to do something, I want to do it. And I want to be like 10 years into the future, right? I want to have my multimillion dollar portfolio. I want to have my hundred doors or whatever. And I, at the beginning was like, oh my gosh, I'm not there yet. And I had to really give myself some grace. And I'm like, okay, Kimberly, but you have two more doors than you had six months ago. <laughs> yeah. So give yourself some grace and then also brace with the time. Because I do travel for my job and I try and be very present for my kids when I'm there. If I'm tired and I can't do
1: something today, I'm starting to listen to my body, right? Hey, this is Pollock, And what you're about to hear is a very special episode with one of the investors from our Portfolio Mastery Program. We call these Sensei Sessions. These interviews are designed to give you a perspective about what you can achieve with the right strategies and execution. I hope you enjoyed this episode and be sure to check out the show notes for a link to speak with one of our senior advisors who can help you reach your investment goals. Today, we're talking to Kimberly. Kimberly is an amazing investor, a mom. And she's a professional. She does so many different things. I'm going to let her introduce herself in a second. But I just want to say, if you're just starting out, when you hear these stories of folks who have gone through the program, getting their deal, first deal, second deal, first few deals, or scaling, think of how they've overcome some of the things that you might be thinking about. And for me, when I was first getting started, that felt super valuable. Like, how did you do that one thing that I'm struggling with right now? All right, so let's get started. Hi, Kimberly, can you introduce yourself to everyone? Tell us about you.
0: Absolutely. So Kimberly
1: Campbell, I am in the Dallas
0: area. That's where I live. And I also invest here. I have not started my secondary market yet. I was like, I'm the type of person that likes to buy it off like the whole element. And I was like, focus on one thing and master that first. And so I'm living and investing in Dallas because of the proximity to be able to operate. This right. is what I'm doing for fun <laughs> because I have a pool. I call it a W2 job. I'm an HR director for my, my W2 job that's paying the bills right now. So it's pretty busy. My job is remote, but I travel. So I, it's great because I get to go all over the place, but it's also a bit of a whirlwind <laughs> because I find myself everywhere. Yeah, wife and mom. I have two little boys. I decided to add something else. <laughs> <laughs> My already busy plate because that's just who I am. So it's <laughs> what you do. <laughs> that's what I do. So that's a bit about me, I decided to do real estate last year. So I wanted to do something. I'm in HR, right? And so unfortunately, the downside of that is like, I can see economic conditions and as things change and the impact that has on people, like I read all the reports and I've even been a part of doing layoffs at my company. And so it really made me think I want to have something that will pay my bills regardless of if I'm working there or not. And that's what made me think about it. And then the second thing that I thought about is I have a seven-year-old who's about to turn eight and he was like, mommy, you like your job. And I was like, I do. I love my job. And he was like, when you stop doing it, I'll just do, or can I do it with you? And it made me realize like, it can't, like you can't give a W-2 job to your children. Right. But I can give the real estate to my kids and they can do this kind of with me, even at a young age, so like planting flowers or just little painting at the house, right? So
1: that's what made me think about <laughs> the real I estate. That. Yeah, then, something you can pass on to your kids, uh, even properties, but also skills. Yeah. Pass on, yeah. I love uh, and love that. And And we all got started later, like late 30s, 40s, 50s. I think we have even older folks who get started even later than me. And I feel like this is going to help me get my kids started sooner because if I knew better, I would have started way sooner. So, yeah, love that. And really, the mindset of it, right? Because I
0: grew up in a generation where my parents went to work and they retired after, they say 20 years, it's never 20 years, but they retired after 20 years. And they got the gold watching, stayed with one company for forever. And I have, this is my 18th year with my company. So I'm pretty loyal, but the world is different, right? Our kids are not going to do the same things that no? we did yeah and so it's helpful for me to evolve my mindset to teach them to think about things in a different way like the conversations that i have with my son now since i've started doing real estate are completely different than this time last year i used to be like go to school and make good grades and you'll get a job and you'll do this and now i talk to my son and i'm like what do you want to create you could yeah. create something that could make you
1: money you could have a youtube channel you could do anything." <laughs> yeah absolutely i love that and i think when we were just w2 all i was looking at things as was a as a consumer and the big thing i'm gonna pass on to my kids is how to look at things from a return on investment perspective whether it's personal growth whether it's growing yourself or growing your business and we are assets too we are our own assets right i'm investing in myself to grow myself and then my business will grow accordingly. My relationships will grow accordingly. I'm going to, so this is something that I was never taught this and looking at things. Like you said, the mindset that you're going to pass on. I love that. So tell me how did you progress through the program? And when did you feel ready to put your first offer in? What was it that like, all right, I'm good now. So
0: it's so funny because I, I'm a very zen, feet in the grass, how to trust the universe person. So I joined the program. I decided I wanted to do real estate in October of last year. And I joined the program mid-month, I think, in October. I think I had put in my first offer about end of November, December, but I'm just like a jump first in the will catch. I, it. I love it. <laughs> and so that... I don't always, I say that with the asterisks that you see, like those commercials yeah. where they say side effects may cause, Yeah. <laughs> like I don't advise everybody to do that if that's not your style <laughs> because it definitely can cause for a bumpy road, but I just really believe there's there's nothing that I can't figure out, but this has been such a great journey for me because I did the modules, right? So the first thing that I didn't put in any offers until I did the module. So I will say that I yeah. This is what I advise everyone. Please do the module. Yeah, yeah. I jump quickly, but it's a calculated jump, right? Perfect. So I can say that, but even then I still made mistakes. And so I'm so happy to share my experience with people because I learned some lessons the hard way my first deal. I had in their contract within like the first three months of being within the program. I love it. (laughs) Yeah. But it was not a good deal, right? So in Texas, Texas is a non-disclosure state. So you all know when you go on Zillow, in a lot of cities and states, you can see what houses sold for, what they're selling for, and what they rent for, and what they have sold for in the past. But in Texas, you cannot accept I was relying on my realtor to tell me and she gave me an inflated ARV and so I put an offer in based off of that number and was under contract to put earnest money down and all of the things inspection blah 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 and when it came to financing and the lender came out to send an appraiser they were like your ARV is like way off and they were like we can still do the deal, but you're going to have to bring
1: $60,000 to closing. It was ridiculous. And I those, love that you got a lender involved. This is why yeah. I'm always telling everyone, even if you have the cash, get a lender in the picture because they're not going to invest in a bad deal, right? I love that you did that. Brilliant. Those yeah. checks and balances
0: definitely help. Yeah. And so I had to, I went through a whole process. It was very like emotional And I had to decide, I finally came to this decision because I had the money. I could have done it, but I was like, this just doesn't make any sense to me. And so I withdrew from that deal and it broke my little heart. I lost the money and I was like, okay, Kimberly, but I will give a shout out to Needy because one of the first things that I remember Needy saying was the best deal that he did was not getting into a bad deal. Absolutely, like, And that was like, so it stuck with me. And for a person that moves fast, like me, I was like, okay, I need that on replay. So I chose to walk away from that deal. And I started looking for other properties, some time, like a month and a half, two months went by and the realtor for that property actually called my realtor back. and was like, Hey, this property is falling out of contract mm-hmm. again. Would your seller like to, submit or your buyer like to submit another offer? So I did, I submitted an offer like $50,000 lower Yeah, (laughs) and they accepted it. So I actually was- the same property? Yes. It was the same property. Oh my (laughs) God. I love this story. (laughs) Yeah. So it was the same property. And so I got it for significantly cheaper. So then I came to close in like normal and the rest of that process was- was a little bit smoother. So I I did lose that initial artist money that I had put the first time, but all of the investment that I had done for the appraisal and inspection and everything like that, it was a wash because I had already Yeah.
1: So it was a bit of a lesson. Wow. Backing up a little bit, how did you choose Dallas as your location? It was your backyard and it was easier to choose that? Yes.
0: And no, right. I'm not afraid of out of state investing. I actually plan to invest in my home state later on state Oklahoma. I'm from Oklahoma. What made me choose Dallas is I moved here about six years ago from Oklahoma to take the job that I'm in and. I was in the hotel room interviewing for the job and I remember watching the local news and they were talking about the economic growth of Dallas and how many people were projected to move here over the next 10 years and then over the next 20 years and where people were moving from and where they were moving to. So I already knew that this was a good place to invest in and then I've lived here and I've seen, and then even my personal home, like the value of my personal home has, it's been astronomical, which is a good and bad thing because my property taxes are crazy now, but <laughs> right. the growth has increased a lot. And so when I decided to do real estate investing, because I know this market really well and I read the economic reports, I knew specifically for the area that I chose, they're building, they got this large brand and they're building like this large outdoor corridor and all of these things in this area where i'm investing specifically right now which i will say it's probably on the riskier side right because i would consider where i'm investing right now to be a low cd neighborhood but i know that they are building within the next three years this huge park and economic center so i was like oh i'm gonna get in on the ground not what's that
1: change what's CD neighborhood is it on the outskirts of the city of Dallas? Yeah. How it how it's called. It's Dallas property. It, it is, is Dallas, Dallas
0: proper, but it's literally on the outskirts of the downtown area. So I don't know about you all cities, but some of our cities like right outside of the downtown area, it's not as nice, but they're always expanding out to make yep. it nicer and then It'll I keep I- trickling in. Correct. And so I was like, okay, I feel confident investing in this area because
1: I see the gentrification is happening. So mm-hmm. yeah, I love that. So when when you had a choice to decide what part of Dallas you would invest in, you chose an area that was up and coming. You knew it was not there yet and you knew development was coming. All right. Yes. Yeah. And talk to me about the numbers. How did you do the numbers for your deal after you figured out that you can't rely on your realtor? Yeah. So you aren't able to just go in on Zillow and look at the sold comps and do your own ARV. You need a realtor to send you comps. And if you don't look at the comps, if you just say, hey, realtor, tell me what the ARV is, they're trying to make a sale. Uh, but you as an investor, you want to have a realistic perspective. So how did you end up getting a more realistic after repair value?
0: So the lender basically had told me what they thought the property was and how they came to their number. And so I'm still working with the same realtor, but I had to sit down and have very strong conversation. Come to Jesus conversation. Yeah. Yeah. I'm like, okay, this is what I'm doing. Mm -hmm. And numbers have to be very precise. And so now I like trust, but I verify, right? Like I, I ask her if we're going to look for properties. I usually have her scouted before because I don't want to waste our time or sure. something that's way out. But if there's anything that's within our range, we will go look at those. And then when it comes time, I'm like, send me the comps send me the sold comps. Yes. <laughs> so that I can look myself, but it's your money. And I think that she means me well, but even sure. when she so true, like getting 3% commission on an $80,000 house is different than 3% on a
1: $150,000 house, right? You so right. you have to realize. <laughs> yeah, that they're not putting that much time into all these things that you're trying to do. They're working what? with the volume. That's how they're making money. I want to mention one more thing something that you said that at the end of the day, even if you're making mistakes, I don't know if you said it this way, but this is what I got from it. Even if you're making mistakes, even if you're not investing exactly in that slam dunk deal, you are still getting that property and you're still taking action. You're still moving forward with investing. And that's more important than anything else. So we got to the point where you figure out where you wanted to invest. We figure out your property avatar how did you figure out the right numbers like how much do you need to buy the property for what's like the rehab budget you want to be within and what's the range of the after repair value for you no
0: i really i live by the spreadsheet right so you do (laughs) yeah i do and i've gotten really good at the spreadsheet because uh when in my breakout session we were talking about how many properties you have to see and making so many offers and so you gotta kiss a lot of frogs in this industry to get one to go through, right? So now I've gotten to the point where I can walk to a property and kind of estimate. That's the benefit I will say of investing locally, because when I go look, my realtor and my contractor come with me, and so I'm like, okay, Brian, tell me what you're thinking. I'm, and so I start shooting it out. I'm like, I think we need ten thousand for this. I think the we can do the kitchen for about 15. I think the bathroom is about 10. Then we need to do this. And I'm like, give me a gut check. And so I walk with him and I talk with him. And so I'm getting better. So I'll, I'll walk you're taking about, charge. Yes, I'm I'll walk through it. I'm saying like, I think we can do this for about 47 and he's okay. I'm thinking about 45 to
1: 50 and I'm like, okay, I'm getting you're right. getting really good at it. Yeah.
0: yeah.
1: I love that. So you, what's the kind of the approximate range where, what's your acquisition amount? How do you? So
0: I am, I'm purchasing
1: properties in the 80 to 100,000 mark. Okay. It's a I little- am so impressed that you found an area in Dallas where you can buy properties for 80 to 100K. Let me tell you, it has not been glamorous, which is another thing that I have. No, it's not supposed <laughs> to be. No,
0: (laughs) because in my mind, like I watch HGTV and I'm sure a lot of people do because we're doing real estate and you see them and they're walking through houses and you're like, oh, this is so nice. And I know I'm literally climbing through windows sometimes. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Like I had to get a whole nother set of shoes because I was like, I don't want my house. Yeah. For my damage. I'm not bringing that in my house. I'm not bringing that in my house. Uh, Like I built a real estate bag.
1: (laughs) (laughs) shoes
0: in there it has flashlights in there yeah. it has some mace in there
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah absolutely i used to carry pepper spray too
0: yeah <laughs> and so it's yeah. not super glamorous but no. you can still find you can still find them i think the key is just not to get super frustrated which even going into the second one i was like oh my gosh it was the first one a fluke am i ever gonna be able to repeat this process And you can. So the second one, I did get through New Western. So the wholesalers, and I hear you all talk about the deal pipeline all the time. Like, I think that's very important, right? To have, I look at New Western, but I also, I have made contacts with other wholesalers and just realtors that will now send me pocket listings and things of that nature so that I can see. So building that network is super, super important.
1: I love that. These two. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Let's talk about how you built your team. How did you find your agent and how did you find your lender? My real estate agent that I used was actually the realtor that I purchased my personal home from. Oh, okay.
0: I stayed in contact with her when we first moved here. We rented a house for a year. So she was the property manager for that house that we rented. Her to- for a while. Yeah. yeah. And she was super responsive when things needed to be fixed at that house. And so then I used her as my realtor to buy my personal home. And so then when I decided to do real estate, I was like, hey, you're to do this with me? And I was just talking out loud when we were first looking because I had another contractor lined up that had done just personal repairs at my home. And I was like, I wish my contractor could come with me and give me estimates. And she was like i do that on the side and i have a partner and i was like what so what i say i say that to say just throw it out to the universe i really believe everyone (laughs) work yes i said what i wanted and then it happened so yeah my team came together
1: really easily okay love that all right all right so your team came together super easily just uh went with the agent who sold you the house and would manage the property for you before and also they connected you with a contractor and the lender was through the program so that's super simple love that all right how did you get over any jitters or fear of going into a cd neighborhood the economic
0: forecast of dallas because that's i knew it was enough yeah i knew what the city was going to do what it's been doing and what it was going to do and so i was like okay i'm going to And I'm just going to give it a shot. And I didn't over invest. I didn't over spend on my purchase price or my rehab. So I could sell it if for some reason it just didn't (laughs) work out. I wasn't too far into it that I'd have to lose it if I decided to just flip it. So I will say that's the benefit of the spreadsheet.
1: It's because it keeps you pretty conservative in your numbers if you actually go. Yeah, you can definitely, there is definitely another exit strategy, which is to be able to flip it. Because the the ARV, if you're getting the after repair value to be able to refi it, you can also flip it. It's the same same concept. Great. All right. What about construction? So talking to, you said your contractor's name is Brian. So when you Mm -hmm. went, did walkthroughs with him for the first time budgeting the construction budget things like that did you ever feel like i don't know enough about construction how do i even talk to him about this was that ever an issue or you just jumped in i jumped in but of course
0: like i didn't it's not what i do (laughs) yeah it's not what i do and so i'm trusting the experts to be the experts. now i question things and i'm saying hey like this is, if you know where your numbers are and you're solid on that thing, you can back into everything else because you're, that's why I do agree with you. I love working with the lender because you have to submit a detailed statement of work, right? That kind of estimates what everything is going to cost. And from the beginning, if they're saying it's going to cost $60,000, but you need it to cost 35, you're like, okay, I need it to cost 35. So where can we, you know, can we make- do? Yeah, Yeah. work, be creative. Yeah. I don't know if anybody else feels this way. And it's really weird. I question myself sometimes because I'm an HR director, right? So I work with people all the time. But in real estate, I've been just like super shy. I've been, it's very hard for me to tell people what to do in this side of the business, even though I tell people what to do all day over
1: here. But after- it's also hard to feel like a newbie, right? When you when we start these journeys later, right? When you're 20 year old, you're going to college, you're getting your first job. You're like, yeah, I don't know anything, and that's acceptable because I'm so young and I'm just starting out. And late 30s, early 40s, 50s, 60s, you start something new, you're like, wait, I'm a newbie here, and I'm not yeah. just, just feeling it's been a while. Like I've built my career up so I don't have to feel this way. And now I'm going to feel this way again. Yes.
0: And you have to get comfortable being uncomfortable. But what I had to realize is that, and actually a friend said it to me. So I will say the power of your circle is very important. And he was like, you would never let someone manage or be this way to you at your job. So why are you not managing your personal business the way you would manage?
1: (laughs) You manage for someone else. I wanna ask you, Kimberly, about time. Like, how are you managing your time? How are you getting it all done? This is a question, right, you guys? I hear you guys talk about this all the time. Like, where do I find the time to do this? I've got kids, I've got a full-time job, I've got this real estate investing. How do I get it all done? So I think
0: that the exercise that we did at the beginning of this year where we identified what our goal is and how much time we wanted to dedicate to it it was super crucial. I'm very big on habits, right? Because habits are your predictor of the future. Like what you do today will, I can look at anybody today and tell you what they'll look like next year based off of their habits because they're your predictor. So I out time on my calendar so every oh is it the week? one where we were doing the rocks and the pebbles or is it the yeah one the, yeah, the middle beginning of the year yeah all right. okay so i took away from that because i walked away and i was all motivated i was super excited and then i didn't do anything and i was like wait what happened because you're in a session and you're excited and you're, you're pumped like, oh. and then you're like wait what did what just happened why didn't i do that yeah. So then I had to take a step back and I was like, okay, this is, I do the calls on Wednesdays and Sundays. And so I was like, on Tuesdays and Thursdays from 11 to one, those are going to be my real estate, like office
1: hours. Damn. Oh, I love that. <laughs> so this so time, I'm, cause you're central yeah. time zone. So it's 12 to 1.30 for me and for you, it's 11 to 12.30. So you yeah. saying I'm going to block this time every day. Yes, whether I come to the calls or I work on my own. This oh, I love that.
0: Yeah, so I have some dedicated days and hours where I work on my real estate Mm -hmm. business because really and truly, like it has to be. And for me, I think about like my most productive times because it would be easier for me. I'm a night owl, so like I can go at ten o'clock, but my husband doesn't like when I do that. Um. (laughs) Yeah, thinking about I had to think about my whole day and I was like, what hours can I really control where kids aren't over here, where my husband's not over here, where I have other family commitments and things of that nature. And I was like, this is when I can dedicate that time. So that's how I had to block. I had to block off my calendar so I could
1: get it done. (laughs) Oh, that is such a good idea. So either block off, maybe try to block off the same slot. Yes few days in a row because then yeah. you just know that's just how your day is gonna go and I really like that the way I've always done it is I block the day I'll be like this is gonna be my day but that's after I quit my job this is gonna be the day when I focus on this thing money Monday that's how I do it money Monday Tuesdays for xyz that's but I if you have a full-time job I think that's even better block off times during the day
0: the affirmations i will say are the second part of the time um i said it a couple of weeks ago when we did the round robin but or was that last week i traveled so i was in portland i know where i was i just don't know when it was but give yourself some grace that's one of the things because i am one of those people that when I want to do something, I want to do it. And I want to be like 10 years into the future, right? I want to have my multi-million dollar portfolio. I want to have my hundred doors or whatever. And I at the beginning was like, oh my gosh, I'm not there yet. And I had to really give myself some grace. And I'm like, okay, Kimberly, but you have two more doors than you had six months ago. <laughs> yeah. Give yourself some grace. And then also grace with the time. Because I do travel for my job and I try and be very present for my kids when I'm there. If I'm tired and I can't do something today, I'm starting to listen to my body, right? You really have to find the balance Mm -hmm. in this whole journey. And I've heard people say, I've been in the program for 10 months and I haven't done anything or I haven't, but it's okay. You, by being in the program, you, by attending a call, are doing more the 90% of the people in the world and when it's time for you, it's time. And so I just encourage everybody to put your goggles on and stay your like, Yes. And you your swim lane. I love that. Yes. Because sometimes it's easy to get distracted or get frustrated
1: if you're looking at someone else's journey, but it's their journey, right? We've seen this so many times is someone will do three deals in the first month and somebody else won't do anything for the first eight, nine months, and then suddenly they've got four properties within two months. Yes. It's everybody's different. Everybody's has is different. You have everything you need. Now it's up to you and your personal circumstances, what do you want to do with it, how long you want to take. But I also think wealth building is a way to realize your potential. So if you're growing yourself and have zero properties or not making that much progress in real estate investing, but you're growing yourself, you're growing an asset. You're attending the calls, You're or you're watching the replays, you're doing the modules, you're coming out of mindset issues that you may have had, you are learning how to analyze deals, build a team, work with people. That's a hu- That was a huge thing for me. I'm an engineer, like people was not my thing. Working with people, understanding them, what it means to be a business owner and work with other business owners. These are all the things that you're learning. So even if you have zero deals, you're growing an asset, which is you. So don't take that lightly. That's, give yourself credit for that. This isn't that kind of thing where, you're just going to see suddenly the cash flow immediately overnight triples and you're done. It's not like that. You're, you're all retiring millionaires, no doubt, but it's going to take a few years. So mm-hmm. continue to grow yourself and think of yourself as an asset too. I hope that helps. Anytime you feel like you're behind.
0: Your group is so important. Like your circle is so super important to who you surround yourself with. Yeah. I know some people are like, tell everyone your journey. I'm more on the tell selective group about your journey because people that aren't familiar or people that aren't comfortable stretching themselves going to be nervous about you stretching yourselves and they're going to tell you, oh, are you sure you should do that? And the market's bad and things of that nature. So you really have to, there's a lot of value in this program, right? Because we're all pushing each other to look forward. And I have to give a shout out to my accountability team, because those ladies have been so motivating. So surround yourself with people
1: that know your goal and will keep the shoe forward, even when it gets hard. Right. We often see that if you have an accountability group and if you're able to form one, what I see is one person gets a deal, everybody gets a deal within a couple months. That's just how it works. You're just like peer pressure, and it's very it's a positive kind of peer pressure. It's inspiring. It's more inspiration than competition. So yeah, you, that's what happens in accountability groups. I often notice that. Do you have any tips on how someone can find like their accountability soulmate in the program? Like how did you guys meet? Actually, I feel like it was on a
0: call. call? call. Breakout maybe. Maybe. And we just decided to connect so reach out to people like people reach out to me i'm open and i think that's the beauty of this group is most of us are open to having a conversation and sharing information with each other because if i can prevent you from falling in the pothole that i fell in oh definitely right or just motivation whatever because you can't be a subject
1: matter expert on everything just Be yourself, be open, and the more you engage, the more people see you, the more they're going to want to connect with you. So if you're looking, if you're thinking like, I want an accountability group, what do I do? How do I connect with people? Go and add value. Give. That is the best way people are going to get drawn to you. There's no shortcut to this. Like, the more you give, the more you get. So that's how it is. We all want to connect with people who are ahead of us because we feel like, oh, I'm going to learn so much. I want to go connect with that person. And we've got pros in this group, right? We've got amazing portfolio pros, but you're going to get so much more out of someone who's doing the same thing you're doing, who you connect with. I want to just talk to you forever, but (laughs) I think we're going to end it in just a minute. Any last words of inspiration for anyone who's watching this? Getting started. What would you like to say to that? I
0: think I would just double down on the fact that the journey is yours. And I, I love what you said about what you put in, you get out of in regards to accountability partners. But I really believe that about life in general. It's life, you're like right. I spend a lot of time, and I do this with my kids. Like we listen to a song every morning called I Can Do Anything, right? I wake them up with a song that goes, I Can Do Anything. I love it. And and so I really spend a lot of time surrounding myself with positive affirmations and that mindset because it's that mindset that's going to push you when things get hard because it's going to get hard, right? You're going to get frustrated. You're going to get dirty climbing through windows. You're, you're going to get, <laughs>
1: you're building a whole business from scratch. Right? Like if no one said it's meant to be easy. Okay. It looks like when you see it on Instagram or these people, uh,
0: just social media, they're like, I'm going to show you how to do this with no money. And it's (laughs) no, so sometimes when you hit those roadblocks, you're like, am I doing something wrong? But no, you're not doing anything wrong. So (laughs) just keep moving forward and just the condition of your mind, the power of your mind is so very important. So encourage yourself, right? Yeah. Encourage yourself. I have a, a YouTube playlist of songs to listen to when I need some encouragement, some songs that'll get me hyped, some songs or some meditations that will zip me out when I'm feeling stressed. I have some motivational speeches. Just know that stuff is coming. Know how yeah. those things are coming <laughs>
1: and, and build and prepare for it. So good. So good. Thanks, Kimberly, for inspirational session today. Thanks for sharing. Bye, everyone. Don't forget, when you're ready to get serious, you can join us at theinvestoraccelerator.com. It's like getting a thousand episodes worth of information in five days. And it's everything you need to build your actionable plan to financial freedom and making work optional.